0: Hello, dinosaurologists. You're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sadistic movie dares and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Quirky McDonald, aka the Bodacious Cretaceous. And with me, as always, is Daniel Barnes, the film critic for the Sacramento News and Review and member of the San Francisco Film Critic Circle.
1: Hi, everyone. As Quirky said, on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. Your average, everyday, run-of-the-mill, bad movie is a dare. We give a double dare to those next-level, truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that we think is actually pretty good.
0: Today on the podcast, we'll be reviewing Jonathan Boutail's 1995 direct-to-video bomb Theodore Rex, starring Whoopi Goldberg as a tough cop paired with a talking dinosaur. But before we get to talking dinosaur... Daniel also writes a craft beer column for the Sacramento Bee. So, Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about the beer you brought for us?
1: Well, today I brought another New Glory beer. This is one of my favorite local Sacramento breweries, and they had a can release today. It's called Citramon Pale Ale, a American pale ale, 100% citra hops unfiltered so it's a little bit hazy it pours a pale gold white head very smooth kind of herbaceous little crackery kind of in the taste really delicious like nice bitterness
0: oh it's fucking great yeah it's really good isn't it i just had two swigs and i'm all you're
1: (laughs) you're ready to go just like Whoopi goldberg was all in on the idea of getting paired with a talking dinosaur
0: Now, Daniel, in these first eight episodes, we have seen that movies can fail for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. But I think it's safe to say that very few movies have ever failed for the same reasons that the 1995 sci-fi action comedy Theodore Rex failed.
1: This movie has so many similarities to a movie that we reviewed earlier, which is Bright, which is it is almost the exact same setup except replace orcs with dinosaurs. Yeah. But like even down to the cop who doesn't like dinosaurs and the complete lack of engagement by the star of the film, uh, Will Smith in the case of Bright and Whippy Goldberg here. That's a normal thing for stars to just kind of phone in a thing, right? But it's not a normal thing for Stars to be legally forced to phone in a thing, (laughs) which is what happened in the case with Theodore Rex, our film today, from 1995. Although, it kind of really started back in 1992, uh, when Whoopi Goldberg, very hot movie star at the time, like a huge movie star. Academy Award winner. Yeah, I mean, so this is the early 90s, right? So, three things are huge in the early 90s. Uh, Dinosaurs, buddy cop movies, Whoopi Goldberg. So you put those three things together in one movie, and how could cha-ching, it possibly? Yeah, ching right? Everybody's just seeing seeing stars. Uh, so she agrees to be in this movie, and then apparently the producers suddenly they can't get a hold of her. You know, she's <laughs> she's constantly out of town, right? Like she's she's constantly doing something. Like she's her her and her excuses are all very much themed to the early '90s, right? She's she's at a Color Me Bad concert. <laughs> You know, like she's 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 out doing early '90s things. Yeah, right? yeah She's yeah. getting fitted for flannel, things like that. It's <laughs> all of her excuses were '1992ish. So they basically can't get a hold of her. She tries to back out of the movie, which they have agreed to pay her, I believe, five million to be in this movie.
0: Which in '92 dollars means a uh, hundred fifty billion. A hundred fifty billion. That's yeah. a rough exchange. That's a but rough. You exchange. have to
1: kind of factor, you know, different tax rates and interest and things. But yeah, a hundred fifty billion is yeah. about right for yeah. five million. Yeah, absolutely. I did the math. Yeah, that's good math. That's good math. <laughs> And the producers wanted her to still do the movie. They were suing the star of the movie not to get money back or anything, which was the case with Kim Basinger, but to get her to make the movie. (laughs) So as part of the settlement, what she did was she accepted a couple million dollars extra. So now she's making $7 to do this movie. But what happened was she gave up all of her profit participation. So now not only is she being forced to do the movie against her will under threat of a lawsuit... She now has no stake in the success of the film.
0: Or promoting. Or promoting the film,
1: or ever having the film released in theaters, (laughs) which is what happened. This movie, which cost $33.5 million in 1995 money when it finally came out, although it was shot a little earlier, I think. Which is $60 billion. $60 billion. $60 billion. With a B. How many islands could Johnny Depp buy with $60 billion? (laughs) Just imagine, right? And the movie went straight to video, much like Bright. So anyway, that's the the story of of Theodore Rex, of the making of Theodore Rex. And uh, apparently during the making of the film, Whoopi Goldberg, shockingly, was unhappy and dissatisfied during the making of this movie, if you can believe it. But the
0: thing is, she hides it so well. Oh my God, her contempt
1: is just like, yeah. So the result is this movie, which was ill-conceived in the first place. And now everyone is doing it sort of like North Korean prisoners of war, doing like a thriller dance or something like that. They're just (laughs) totally joyless and just like going right through the motions of this thing, like, Everybody, no one wants to be there. No one wants to do anything. So,
0: Bright and this movie have the same concept partners, cop partners that are the first of their kind that nobody likes. But Bright knows what it is. And this movie is just. Inept is the best way to say it. There is not a moment in this movie where there's not sound effects or music. Yeah, there's
1: lots of like grunting. Yes, and lots of like, "Mm," or just people like kind of mumbling on the soundtrack. It just annoys you. Yeah, it looks ugly. It sounds ugly. Nothing cuts together in any sort of way. The tone, like you said, knowing what it is, like the tone of this is all over the place, and it it it's obvious that there was a let's do sort of a PG thirteen fantasy, lethal weapony kind of thing. But that at a certain point, it was sort of like, no one's going to watch this. Like, we need to try <laughs> to make this a kids' movie. Like, yeah. that's the only <laughs> chance, is being like, there's a dinosaur. There's an animatronic dinosaur. So, like, I think this is, honestly, this is the worst movie that we've had on Super. Yeah. Like, Grudge Match, I hated because it was just utterly lazy it was filled with product placement and it was just people tarnishing their own legacy but this was assaultive on the eyes the visual look of this film is basically like if you were to take like let's say you just went to the dump and you just got a pile of garbage and then you vomited on the garbage and then you set that garbage on fire with all the vomit mixed into it you took that put it in a food processor vomited on it and then, like, threw some garbage on it. You're, like, kind of coming in close with the aesthetic of this movie. Because, like, it is assaultive on the eyes. It absolutely. Is absolutely horrifying to look at. So, let's start yeah. with New Line Cinemas. New Line Cinemas, Theodore Rex. So, this movie, holy shit. Talk about, like, taking a dump on the audience <laughs> from the opening seconds of the movie. Okay? Now, the film is essentially, it's sort of, like, a fantasy cop movie, right? A fantasy de- detective movie, yeah. right? It's a, de- it's a detective movie with dinosaurs. Okay. It's Demolition Man with dinosaurs, or whatever. Sure. right? A lot of those movies give it away, pretty obviously, because you're kind of like, well, there's only so many characters, right? You know, this movie literally gives it away. In the opening crawl of the film, they are so determined to give it away. As much as possible, they actually organize the information in bullet points.
0: <laughs> it's outline form, yeah. title scroll. The
1: movie New Line Cinema comes up, the 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 words once upon a time in the future uh. come up in a sort of storybooky kind of scrawl sort of thing, right? So this is some sort of alternate universe again, just like That's right. how
0: you know they don't play by the rules. Because yeah. they're doing once upon a time in the future. Yeah,
1: right, exactly. Right away. All of this information starts coming on the screen in bullet point form, and there's a narrator, too, who is saying every single word. Yeah. And he's coming at you, like, fast and furious, and it's basically saying, here's who the villain of it is.
0: Here's his evil plan. Here's his evil
1: plan. Here's what he wants to do. Here's what happened before the movie started. Yeah, here's what's happening right now, and as this is happening, two, two of his employees are running away to tell the police about his evil plan, which is basically that he's this billionaire, Elazar Kane. He's gonna launch this missile that's gonna start a new ice age, it's gonna kill all the humans, and it's gonna have his new vision of paradise, which is like this sort of arc, right? So
0: This is five seconds into, five the, movie. Seconds <laughs> into the movie. This is like
1: four bullet points down where <laughs> we're getting this information. And What's great is that, like, so it basically is like, here's, here's, here's it, here it is, right? Yeah. Like here it is, you know.
0: His plan is to make a new ark where he's got a male and female of every animal species. Yeah. He's gonna freeze the whole world and then live in Eden with his all his animals.
1: Yeah. And then like unfreeze himself and the animals. Right. And it'll just be him and the animals, basically, yeah. right?
0: Which I just love because what he's doing is he's using science to fulfill biblical lore. So he's like, I'm going to freeze the world with my rocket, my new freeze ray thing, and then we're going to become Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden yeah. with an arc. He's mixing shit all up. Yeah.
1: And there are these sort of like weighty kind of issues kind of floating around. Like Teddy Rex keeps referring to him as his maker. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so it's this sort of God thing. But, oh, man. I mean, the movie is so chaotic. Though. That's like- why I was
0: like, is this a kid's movie? Because it's got some heavy themes mm-hmm. in the in the structure the the story – is actually would be an okay science fiction story if you just didn't do it with a, a man in a dinosaur suit walking right. around a Dick Tracy set.
1: Yeah. So we should say that the dinosaurs are – they're kind of like that Jim Henson uh, – was it the Jim Henson show? It was called Dinosaurs or something yes. like that? Yeah, that not the be, mama. Not the mama. Yeah, yeah. They look like that. I think they're probably the same – People but they don't look
0: that good. Though. They don't
1: look that good. They
0: look like they would come out and you try know, to dunk a basketball at halftime of uh-huh. a Kings game. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're very cumbersome
1: in the movements. Yeah, like, you, you can tell they had a hard time moving those. Are things, you sure? Right?
0: Because I didn't catch. <laughs> you that. didn't catch. The- I didn't catch that his tail caused problems oh, as he whipped oh, it his around. His
1: tail causes. Hilarious! Problems. I didn't notice in every scene he bumps scene into people
0: that his tail <laughs> whips people, hits things, and goes doink doink doink. Which, anytime it hits, when something. you
1: see in every other shot how hard it is for that animatronic to even move, right? Like it's not a very animated animatronic. Like they probably just wrote those jokes in to be like, "Shit, we can't turn a corner without sitting <laughs> something with his tail that doesn't move." Like, should we just write in a bunch of jokes where he just hits things with his tail,
0: <laughs> and then that's. Our star of the movie Teddy Rex, Theodore Rex is so, like,
1: wakes up from some sort of a dream where or he, night uh, witnesses or the like crime yeah. in
0: the dream. He he's on the force somehow he's he's in PR. They
1: say he's in public relations yeah. later, yeah, but he's like the first dinosaur cop, but he's not you know like the Orc in Bright, he's not very he's not respected, respected by yeah. his, he doesn't he's not given anything important to but do. But he's getting
0: he's, ready in his home which is like uh Tim Burton design. It's that 80s Like there's glass block for a wall, you know, and everything's kooky colors. Uh Uh, he he takes a shower and he's like, "Ooh, cold, cold, cold." And I'm like, "You're a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> you are cold-blooded. Yeah. You don't know the difference." And then I'm sitting there like, Corky, are you drawing your logic line here? Yeah, right. What the fuck that's, is this?
1: That's a really hard line to draw because <laughs> he also just like wears a watch. And like, <laughs> <laughs> how does he put his
0: pants on? He's got Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. I and
1: mean, this is just like the main kind of unanswered question of the movie because again, this isn't like dinosaurs where there's just dinosaurs and they're all." doing human things but they're just dinosaurs right they're wearing clothes and going to jobs and raising children and shit but they're dinosaurs
0: they live in dino city or dino town or something like that
1: yeah but the question is sort of like why do the dinosaurs all just do human stuff right (laughs) like why do they all just wear watches and have wallets and keys and why do they wear turtlenecks and why do they you know like why do they just do and not only that but like The nightclub singer like wears a boa. You know what I mean? Like every (laughs) everything is like do human stuff. Like I'm just doing human shit. Like So, I mean, this is the first scene of the movie. So we're already fucking lost. So yeah, we we're introduced to Teddy. And I think my big issue with Teddy is that he's he's incredibly fucking annoying. He's incredibly fucking annoying. But so it's a dinosaur, right? It's a humanoid dinosaur. It's, he's human. He's large, but he's kind of human sized, right? Yeah. He's not like T Rex size. he's yeah, more he's like human seven size. Seven foot right? tall. Yeah, and you know he's going through the hero's journey, right? Because he's <laughs> he's the underdog, but he's a dinosaur. You need to make us like him. Just him being a dinosaur is not enough for us to really want to follow him or like him, and. Right away, they give you no reason. He's just like bumbling about the house. Like, wait, like, are you mean
0: you don't like him? Scatting to himself, everything that he does. Now I'm walking over here, and I'm gonna take some. Steps. Yes, right, <laughs> dude. I can put on my watch. Yeah, that's. It's like they they realize okay. Whoever's in the dino suit can't do dialogue, so we got to have the, whoever's doing the voice of Teddy just narrate every, every single thing one. that he does because no
1: one else is going to know. It's just like it's the same like herky-jerky movement, every every single thing.
0: <laughs> and the dinosaur never looks at the thing like when he's picking shit up. He, the eyes never go I to him right? because the poor guy in the suit he can't move my neck. Ah, this is hundreds of pounds. Ah. But then we get an action sequence, and I'm using action in... Quotations. Katie Coltrane, who is Whoopi Goldberg's character, and yeah. her partner. They're tailing some baddies. Bud Court is is a mem-
1: god <laughs> Bud Court. Oh my god! Holy fuck! Bud like Court, you just you- need to be like, oh, you were in Harold and Mod. Yes, Harold and Mod. And that's you were in it. McCloud. Yep. It's okay, man. Fuck, but like <laughs> he. Here's what I'll give him credit for. He goes for it. I was gonna say he did, <laughs> there is no. He didn't half-ass it. No half measures. No, with Budcourt in this role, he because does a funny he voice. He is bugging his eyes out. He is screeching in just this horrible voice, and he's leading this group of like roller skating, red-eyed,
0: red-eyed. I don't even know what they are. Every time you see him, though, there is this eighty-yard like children laughing and squealing. Yeah. thing. It's it. This movie is. Bat shit crazy,
1: insane,
0: and every set is a obviously a movie studio that's darkened up top, so you can't see the roof Uh of whatever studio. So every scene is like three quarters dark. Yes, and then all it looks like Dick Tracy, and then they just light
1: the dark again, like with a neon aquamarine fill light or something, (laughs) or like like just yellow, like paint the building yellow and purple with purple stripes. Yeah,
0: they keep referencing that. Katie's come back to the force, she's back, it's her return, but they never get into it. No,
1: yeah, they never, you, I feel like 10 to 20 minutes was cut out of the first third of this movie, Yeah, you know, because she, they, they reference things that make no sense. Through context, you kind of understand that she's working the dinosaur part of town, right? That as punishment for, or no, what is it? Or she's just on some shit detail. She's on
0: some shit detail working on the grid. Uh, no, she's off the grid. No, they live in the grid. It's called The Grid, where they live.
1: But then he says, welcome back to The Grid. Yeah. Hey.
0: (laughs) Spoiler alert. This movie doesn't connect. Nothing in this movie (laughs) makes sense. There's some shit that is not going to make sense in this movie.
1: To clear this up, once again, they're on the grid. They get some guys off the grid. We are two scenes. And, and, she, <laughs> and she is welcomed back to the grid. Welcome back. Which she was on the whole time. Yeah. Awesome. All right. There's a, a murdered dinosaur, which was the vision that Teddy had. Yeah. He, someone in, he, he phones it in after his vision. <laughs> That's just good cop work. <laughs> <laughs> he goes
0: sees the scene of the dead dinosaur. Yeah,
1: he just goes to the scene like, you're a PR man. That's not cool. And then
0: a, a detective there starts talking to him and she goes, you got any leads? No.
1: No. He just like, says, like, <laughs> If I were a good cop, I'd have a bunch of leads.
0: And then he just leaves he the just fucking scene.
1: <laughs> Hitting things with his tail the Hitting entire time.
0: Every scene that happens. <laughs> he, but he's going to go try to beg for a job on the floor. Or oh, he thinks he can solve the case, even though he just sat there at the scene and did nothing. Yeah. He thinks he's the one who he's, can correct this case. He thinks he's got something. Yeah. So he goes and tracks down, of course, at a swanky party, because we got to have the Margaret Dumont moment. Rolling. Knocking over things yes. at a at, a, at like, a swanky party wanky dinner
1: society people getting shocked by a dinosaur. There's a stuffed
0: shirt butler who looks like Tim Roth in yeah. 20 years. There's and-
1: there's a shot that introduces a scene. I don't know if you remember this shot because this movie is like so ugly and pedestrian. I don't and give
0: a fuck about going in order in this movie. You don't want
1: to? Yeah, no. So there's a single shot that introduces the scene where – it's it starts in the restaurant and it's start it, it's a very long tracking shot and it tracks back it tracks back it's tracking over all the whole restaurant this you know giant place and then the mater d kind of steps into the frame as it's still backing away yeah and it's sort of like what can i do for you and it's this really like super complicated shot to just introduce being in the space of the <laughs> restaurant right and it's just like fuck dude like Stay in your lane, Jonathan Butchul. Like, yeah. You, like, do not attempt anything like He that. goes like,
0: from overhead to Dutch angle to push in. The camera will, like, tilt for
1: – it'll swing back and forth sometimes, yeah. you know, and it'll tilt and it'll be – yeah, it – the whole movie is just chaotic.
0: So he goes and sees uh, the commissioner, the chief of the force, who is Shaft is yeah. is there. Speaking of somebody else who did something in the 70s and never... Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so he's there. And
1: we also meet Eleazar Kane, Eleazar who is the Kane. evil billionaire. Who Armin Mueller-Stahl. And here's the thing. is like, just through process of elimination and this movie not being very good, we probably would have figured out as soon as we saw Armin Mueller-Stahl that, yeah. oh, I bet this evil billionaire is, yeah. is like a bad guy. You know, I right. wonder if... I wonder if some of these genetic experiments, like some, one wonder if some of them might be connected to evil. Is
0: the is the one guy with the foreign accent the baddie? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like
1: wait, that one guy who's next to him—that he was the guy from the Vision. Yeah, and it's like it's structured like a mystery mm-hmm. where Whoopi Goldberg and the dinosaur are teaming up and finding out information and following leads, and eventually they get to a point where they realize, oh my god, it's the evil billionaire was <laughs> arcane the whole time.
0: Like he was bad the whole time, but like. They told you in bullet points in and, the first few minutes of the movie, and this is what. So they're praising Armin Mueller Saul Elazar Arcane for bringing dinosaurs back. He's at the forefront of DNA.
1: He's brought back a, a bunch of other things. They talk about like raccoons. He just brought back raccoons. He but, has like his own private zoo.
0: But nobody seems to respect dinosaurs at all. They they, no, they, they, they shit hate on him. So what are they par- pumping this guy up?
1: Yeah, like what's the big deal? They've they've basically he, dumped g- dinosaurs into their own ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> now he's made he's made like. They have, right? There's, like, a dinosaur town. It's, and it's, it's just true, dinosaurs, yeah, yeah. yeah. The weird thing is, so, Cain is, he's creating this this arc, right? He's having two of every animal. Now, the dinosaurs, there's just thousands of dinosaurs, right? There's yeah. a whole city of dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, they're all over the place. There's whole clubs and everything. Like, there's dinosaurs everywhere. Which makes me think that the dinosaurs are just going to town on each <laughs> other, right? Because, again, there's, be just, fucking. there's just two raccoons, right? Which... <laughs> When we get to the nightclub scene, the aggressiveness, <laughs> the sexual aggressiveness of the dinosaurs in there that scene, it makes a lot more sense.
0: But you know what? We were talking about not liking Teddy, but who doesn't like a guy who loves cookies? He loves he cookies. He loves cookies. He doesn't cookies eat meat. Cookies is
1: thing. That's never explained why that's a thing. That's yeah. never a thing. But yeah, he doesn't eat meat, but he eats cookies. So while they're talking, he is throwing cookies in his mouth. Yeah. Literally like Cookie Monster. They're having- like Whole cookies just flying everywhere.
0: It's the batshit craziness of this. There's two guys talking about He's a good political hire. He won't solve the case, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts over to him. He's just like, like nom, nom, nom. cookies. Cookies. cookies." And it's just a man in a dinosaur suit (laughs) doing cookies. He's had his motionless face. (laughs) 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 While some ADR. Oh, this movie fucking hurts. Yeah. Teddy
1: threw out, despite the fact his. Historical status, yeah, as like the first ever dinosaur policeman. He does not take his job seriously.
0: He's just goofing around. His half the biggest, time.
1: <laughs> like, this is a real serious thing, man. His biggest
0: character trait is his breath stinks. Yes, <laughs> everybody <laughs> mentions <laughs> it's his just bad, how bad breath. His breath is. <laughs> so we're twenty minutes in in this goddamn movie. So yeah, um, so the, pair, the two- This is what is so fucking fun about this movie to pick apart is that. They make this pact at this dinner that Teddy just showed up to ask for a job to the cu- to the chief that, okay, we're going to put him onto this case. They walk outside and up walks Whoopi Goldberg for yeah. some reason. Yeah. And they say, you're paired with him. Yeah. Like it was all planned out. Like it just all happens for like some reason there. on the steps.
1: And this, the introduction of Whoopi Goldberg here is like the classic example in this movie of how much they botch things oh, yeah. when it comes down to having to do a visual joke. They'd say, Teddy Rex, okay, here's your new partner, Coltrane. And a big old yoked-ass dude walks up holding a big gun. Oh, yeah. And pumped up. And it's like, dun-dun-dun-dun. And then Whoopi Goldberg walks in and kind of knocks him out of the way, right? Pretty simple sight gag, right? Yeah. But it's been fucked up, first of all, by the fact that we already know who Coltrane is. And then, like, there's five cuts in there for some reason. Yeah. The framing is all over. Like, it's on one side, and then it's on the other side. And then it's too close, and then it's too far away. It's a super simple sight gag of like, here's Coltrane. It's and then it's like here's the the yoked ass white dude that you expect. Yeah. And then Whoopi Goldberg pops in and says, Uh uh-uh, uh I'm Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah oh man, do they botch it so badly? And the timing is just awful. I
0: instantly felt so bad for Whoopi Goldberg. She's walking up, she's in this black leather suit, she wears the entire movie. But she looks awesome. She looks great. She's in like
1: the prime but of her she's life. she's
0: so uncomfortable.
1: She's, yeah, like she just does not want to she be there. She
0: walks, like when you see um, a thing where people are walking backwards and then they play it in reverse so <laughs> it looks like they <laughs> are walking forward. That's how she moves the entire, m- she moves less naturally than the guy in the dinosaur suit yeah. in that thing. So they're part, together she says but you're a dinosaur about 155 times yep. um, okay so then he gets she gets into his car why does he have a seat that pushes people all the way up to the roof what does that
1: not sure what that function is but it's oh, <laughs> hilarious he goes there immediately we should also say that they've been paired together they're hilariously mismatched cops right because she's 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 tough and she's on the force and he's a rookie and he's a dinosaur and he's very juvenile <laughs> Um, but they're being counted on to fuck up the case by the corrupt politician. He he convinced the commission. And the corrupt politi- the corrupt uh, schmuck, is working for Elazar Kane. Yeah. What's kind of funny about Elazar Kane, like, so you have Kane at the top. He's your evil billionaire, right? He has a henchman. That's the long-haired guy who was in the vision with the exploding butterfly. That's yeah. his henchman,
0: Lance Henriksen with long hair. Lance
1: Henriksen-esque, yeah. He has a henchman.
0: That's Spinner. Is that Bud Court? Yeah, that's Bud Court. Okay. Spinner
1: has a whole bunch of henchmen, right? <laughs> like, this is a. Vi- like, th- there's, an- there's some kind of commentary about corporate America in here, man. Like, <laughs> and all of our. De- this is- but this is a very, like, very well thought out departmental pyramidal- pyramid type
0: system. I want to see them take meetings about their evil plans. That they have-
1: <laughs> Jesus. So we leave the dinosaurologist, and now we're going to. The Extinct Species Club, the which doors, is all the extinct species...
0: The doors on this club do that Star Trek thing where they slide, but you can tell whoever was on the other side didn't have it correctly. Because so like the timing is <laughs> a little wobbly. Yes. <laughs> the bottom goes faster than the top.
1: This <laughs> scene is... This bottom. I've, I've said nightmare this, a lot, but this truly is nightmarish, right? Like, my
0: one character I liked in this movie... Was the flamboyantly gay guy at the club? Yeah, dinosaur at the club who showed them around. You show them, honey. (laughs) I just loved that there were dinosaurs who took on all kinds of human traits.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, including perverted dudes at clubs. Harvey (laughs) Weinstein. Exactly. I mean, so first of all, it's a large set, and anytime you have a large set in this movie, it's a catastrophe because they have no idea what to do with all the space. Yeah, there's the most dinosaurs.
0: In this scene? There were a lot of dinosaurs, yeah. And
1: let me say, like, Teddy is the best-looking dinosaur in the movie, and he looks like fucking garbage.
0: You can tell there's a lot of half-dinosaurs, like upper-dinosaurs. Yeah, like they
1: just made a little bit of a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. So So a
0: stegosaurus is making eyes at Whoopi. uh Uh-huh everyone's making eyes
1: at everyone's <laughs> making eyes at everyone they're all just down to fuck like crazy and like i say it's the extinct species club so you're feeling a little urgency like sure you're, like i'm literally extinct here you know i i, I with for the
0: species I've i haven't gotten this. it yeah. since the late Pleistocene.
1: <laughs> this is also where we find out here's an, a little extra level of grossness this is where we find out that Dinosaurs refer to humans as soft skins. Soft skins. Oh, and th- it's in this club that you find it out. So you, it's kind of like the sort of a filthy slang for humans. There's a little, so yeah,
0: of... there's a kind of a BDSM vibe of this club.
1: Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? She actually says, he makes me nervous. BDSM this is like. This dude who is like staring at her and clapping at her and <laughs> sticking his tongue out. She says, she's in the club, and she says, he makes me nervous. Yeah. She's a cop. We later <laughs> find out she's a RoboCop. She has Bioware. And this guy makes her nervous. Yeah. Like, that's not cool at all. No, take a message, bro. <laughs> back the fuck off. And then the dinosaurs get up to dance, which is really where the nightmare comes to a, a horrifying crescendo. This was
0: a fever dream, dude. They
1: me? are up, and they're all kind of lurched. They can only lurch. You know, They can't really move. They just move. kind of sway their, kind of their upper bodies. back and
0: forth, or they can just
1: kind of like... Hit the top of it and then it'll kind of go back and forth on its own. Yeah. Like
0: it, it, it
1: Carol Kane, who is done up like a May West sort of nightclub singer, she's a sexy nightclub singer. Carol
0: Kane, she does a May West type of come up and see me sometime. She
1: actually sings I'm No Angel.
0: And she cannot sing. That's I was like, disgusting. I mean, it's like, disgusting. I love it's Carol just,
1: Kane, but I love Carol Kane. Are you kidding me? But it's disgusting. And this is where there are so many, like, uh, yeah. uh, Like, there's so many guttural noises and moans and slobbers on the soundtrack here. It's. (laughs)
0: What if they made those dinosaurs like anatomically correct, so like their musk glands <laughs> leaked <laughs> when they got arrested? That's
1: what I'm dreaming about tonight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this
0: like, this just... They go backstage and interrogate Molly. Oh, so we should say Teddy's got a full oh, tail. Oh, yeah. Teddy, His is, tail is hard for her. Oh, are you kidding me? They go backstage. They talk to her. Even
1: though Teddy at, at sometimes... Feels like a child. She, they, she comes over to his house later and he wants to show her his toy cars. It's like the scene from Big. When, when yeah, <laughs> she goes like over straight over at his it's house. Like, What's good? How old is Teddy? But like, they go it's back- hard to tell age with Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> 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 at least that's what I'm telling the cops. Kidding <laughs> 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 me? Uh, 65 billion years? Uh, looks about 55. Oh, come on, his license
0: says late Jurassic. Oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> So they go to talk to Molly backstage. Yeah, they they she, break the news that her husband has been murdered.
1: But she says shes he wasn't her husband, and she's sort of coy about what he was. But how
0: do you fucking know? And it's pretty gross Teddy's attracted to her, because they're both named Rex. Yeah. Molly Rex and um, Teddy Rex. I mean, what's going on there?
1: The thing about the dinosaurs is, so none of the dialogue matches their lips anyway, because their <laughs> mouths are just clomp, 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 clomp. Yeah. So you really get the feeling there was a ton of... Shit, let's have it say this instead of that because that's really gross. So yeah. we need to tone this down a little bit. Wasn't that her husband? And Teddy's going to like make time with this like grieving widow like right away, right when <laughs> like they tell like her right away. Dead. But she's kind of like, nah, it was my husband. I don't know what he was. It's not a big deal. Don't talk about it ever again.
0: So Molly says we're all slaves to our DNA, hmm. which. It really harked back, to me. like so. N- this movie's made in nineteen ninety two, ninety three. Right, DNA was a very brand new thing. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't like, so they were treating it like the movie Hackers treats going online. You know, <laughs> <DNA>, we're <raw laughs> slaves to our yeah, DNA. Totally. They were making up what DNA is <laughs> or what like it could me. do. <laughs>
1: So Teddy takes off, and this is one of my favorite, just super awkward scene transitions, where Teddy is driving this van. He's got people crawling all. He's got these red eye things crawling all over him. It's careening everywhere. It's this crazy, noisy action scene. He calls Katie for help, and she is at uh, the morgue with talking to the coroner, and she just says to the coroner, see ya, and then walks away, <laughs> and then arrives at the van, which now is, like, covered in foam. And Teddy's just sitting in the van going, like, I don't know what happened. Ah, like that, It is such a strange transition because you think, like, she's going to run out and she'll join in the chase or do something like that. But instead, she just wanders up on his car, which for inexplicable reasons is covered in foam. So they now need to... So they go back to the police station where all the cops make fun of Teddy. Yep. And she sees it. This is also where... Teddy, he walks up to the police dispatcher, or whatever, and he's, he's the, the guy says, okay, well, I guess you need to get a new vehicle. And Teddy erupts for no reason. Like, he full-on rage, like, I'm going to kill you type stuff.
0: The Extinct Species Club worked him up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> he's like, I'm fucking or fighting someone. Yeah. Maybe both.
1: No, he just like screams at this guy. Yeah. But then he goes back and meets up with his friend on the force where they decide they're going to give him undercover clothes. Yeah. Oh, God. Which he's wearing like a turtleneck and a vest and a jacket, which just seems pretty undercover to me, right? <laughs> he's, he's not got dressed like a jeans cop. Jeans and sneakers. Yeah. He's he not, doesn't drive a police it's car. not that obvious. And yet they put him in this machine where. His clothes automatically change, and so he becomes like a opera singer, and then he becomes a Mexican guy with a sombrero. He
0: speaks to the accent to match it, like he's wearing a kilt, and so he speaks with a Scottish and then accent. He's got a Scottish accent, yeah, oh, Teddy. And I was like, okay, so what failed comedian was doing this I know, role? Right? I looked it up. You know who's George dude? Newbern? Yeah, he's now he goes he gets into a hoodie, uh-huh. and the the kill line, which was the best. I'm too sexy for my clothes. Oh. I mean, that soap tells you when this movie was made. <sighs> Timeless. Written. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> <That is. laughs> it never gets old. Because that reference just goes and goes Woo. and goes, you know? So Coltrane visits her kid friend, and you can tell like they were like, Can she have somebody who likes her or that she likes and is nice to? Yeah, so there's like a child who like runs a runs a cafe or Some something. Some ragamuffiny like street urchin who is like ah. They brought back the raccoon. What's next? And he always says, like, okay, my dad's not here. It's cool. You should meet my dad. He always references some. Right, yeah. (laughs) He's got a deadbeat dad who's never
1: around. The first thing they do with their new garbage truck, by the way, there's a murderer on the list, is they go to this skate park where these kids are playing...
0: No, it's a junkyard. It's there's, a junkyard, there's yeah. There's cars stacked everywhere on top... Junked cars stacked on top of each other. Yeah, fair enough. It's a post-apocalyptic... <laughs> and the roller babies are playing... They're playing like future
1: hockey or something because it's like they're on inline skates with sticks and a ball... And helmets, but, but they also have crazy future makeup
0: on. And their clothes and the whole set design looks like the scene in a hook where they finally eat the food that it's all day glow colored. Yes, exactly. cream. It's like they just threw that around and said, yep, good. What's That's our, our musical
1: set? about like the roller skating train? Starlight Express. Starlight. It's very <laughs> Starlight Express. It's very Starlight Express. Yeah, because,
0: you know, they're on the case. They go to see their uh, junkyard pals play yes, a little Ragamuffin a little Street Hockey.
1: right? Yeah. Uh, Bud Court, the evil leader of the red-eyed things, is viewing them. He's he's watching them. For and he's some sort of, reason. Well, because, aha, here's the way to Katie Coltrane's heart is this little kid. Here's uh-huh. how we get to them, right? So then
0: they take a trip out to New Eden.
1: So we're in this future where all the animals have died, and he's been bringing them back. Like He's brought back dinosaurs, and he's brought back raccoons. He's got zebras and tigers and shit like that. And he has them like in his own private zoo that is on his own compound. She
0: says it's the only place in the grid that still has live animals. Yeah. Which makes no fucking sense because they both have dogs. Right. She has a dog she picks up on the street and <laughs> Teddy has a dog, has a dog named too. Snappy or something. Cuz that's where this <laughs> movie lost me. <laughs> I swear. that was
1: that was the bridge too far. I
0: was on board with you everything. You were like else. everything
1: was good and then bloop, that was the one the the one thin mint This is, like, his home. This is his compound. This is where he's doing all his evil experiments. This is basically, like, his place of business, right? So these cops are coming in, and and they're not necessarily, like, you know, welcome there or expected there or anything like that. He has this doctor, and she's an evil doctor, and she's sort of, like, his sort of henchman as well. He's got a lot of departments of henchmen, (laughs) yeah. And they all have their henchmen. It's a great structure, absolutely. Uh, 401K, uh, (laughs) full benefits. They got an evil 401K. (laughs) Absolutely, what I love is the evil doctor, she's standing over her henchman and she's just kind of is casually saying, midnight is only five hours away. <laughs> Which is, Midnight is when the bomb is going <laughs> off, right? But like, the movie has been so bad about delivering that information. They're like, uh, in this scene, can you just say when Midnight is? Yeah, <laughs> It's just like, you can look at it. With like, no context, it's just a line. It's just like, because she says that, oh uh, yeah, okay, so like, uh, yeah, Midnight's only five hours away. And then Teddy and, and Coltrane walk <laughs> right up, and it's like, oh hey, how's it going? Okay, yeah, like I was just discussing <laughs> our evil plan, but yeah, how are you doing? So she, like, shows them around, and she takes them to Elazar Kane, who basically... Tells it, them the whole plan. He doesn't tell them the whole plan. He essentially tells them how y- you could do this. He, yeah. he explains how reanimation works, and it's all because of the amazing ice fish. This is Armin Mueller-Stahl, by the way. Yeah. The amazing ice fish, which is, like, you take the ice fish enzymes, and you inject ice fish serum <laughs> into your blood... And freeze yourself, and then you can unfreeze yourself and be fine. <laughs> it's ice fish. You do some
0: jumping jacks, drink <laughs> a Mountain <laughs> Dew. Uh,
1: this is followed by my favorite scene in the entire movie. This is the most fucked up, out of nowhere scene, possibly in the history of cinema. So we're back at the Junkyard Skate uh, yes, Park.
0: Yes, scared the shit out of me. So we're
1: back at the Junkyard Skate Park. The little kid, Whoopi's little friend, kind of skates up and sees something that is there that was not there before. It's this sort of video game looking machine, and it's just sort of going boop, boop, beep, 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 beep. and it's just this nondescript thing. There's nothing on the screen or anything. And he kinda skates up to this little machine, he skates up, and he kind of like is looking at the console. And then suddenly Budcourt jumps out of the screen of the machine and drags him into the machine. Right. Which is just a
0: stationary machine. <laughs> Like he just drags him in there. You're a street urchin. You right. run a st- sidewalk cafe in a post-apocalyptic future.
1: Yeah, right. but you're still a kid. You're still a kid. You see Something a video Bloop. You got to go play with it,
0: right? I mean, you've got a business that you run. You've got employees <laughs> you got to provide for. But hey. Video games just show up out of nowhere. You skate up to it ready to play. Budcourt has broken the laws of physics to hide in the video <laughs> it's game. In the
1: game somehow.
0: Busts through a paper screen. <laughs> through the screen and drags you into and the rips game. you
1: into the game. At which point you are in it together. <laughs> Budcourt has you. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's just like. You know, you could have done that without the game. Like, if it was just yeah. to grab someone.
0: I'm sure, uh, like, if that kid was s- 10 years younger, he's about 12. Yeah, right. He could have taken Bud Court. <laughs> he could Bud have Court overpowered Budcourt easily. This kid runs his own business.
1: Have I mentioned that? <laughs> this is another weird thing. Because, mm-hmm. so in Bright, so it's pretty obvious that they're intending the orcs... To be like a metaphor, right? Yeah. For for black people, yeah, uh, mainly. There's no like, oh, the dinosaurs are supposed to symbolize this race or this culture or anything like that, right? They're just whatever. They're just doing normal dinosaur shit, right? Yeah. Like as soon as Elazar King gives a speech at the funeral and breaks it up, suddenly they break out like crazy tribal drums. <laughs> and it's just like bah, be, bah, 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 and they just start drumming and dancing. They like, start going o-ka, o-ka, Yes. O-ka, they start o-ka. doing tribal dances and tribal chants and t- and all of a sudden it's like, what? Yeah. What like
0: the whole
1: what like what is the metaphor here? But it changes every few
0: seconds. Yeah. They find out about the toy maker who I guess is building these butterfly bombs, he lives in the ninja district, so they go see, of course, a long-haired Asian man who lives in the ninja district, Yeah, and there's a bag that opens up, it's like a little medical kit bag, and there's a four-inch man. There's
1: a small man in the bag, a small blue man. What? What?
0: What? <laughs> Jesus, fuck. what acid trip? So fucking nuts. He's got big eyes and he talks to them. And, and he's, he's kind
1: of talking tough to them. And, and he's, he's sort of like, of spunk. what do you want? Hey, what are you guys doing? What are you, you, doing? you, what what are you doing? Yeah, he's like one of those little sock puppets. Put, pull your hand out of a bag and everything a
0: thing <laughs> yeah, Exactly, because the bag's like conveniently on top of like this cabinet where somebody's obviously standing in. Yeah. And Whoopi uh, and gives he's a little guarding, sass back.
1: Yeah, the, he's guarding the dead storage, yeah. which is where all the frozen animals and stuff are. And leading up to this scene, this, was like how fucking unserious uh, teddy takes this super important job right like first of all as soon as he left the funeral he was trying to make time with molly like right away right uh and then he gets pulled away from that to go after this toy maker they're kind of like let's sneak in here and he is like bumbling and shouting and making jokes <laughs> he actually says at one point i didn't butt trumpet yeah because she thinks he farted yeah and then when they finally do get to meet the toy maker he starts doing Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jack Nicholson impressions. That's like – what I love is he's like, I'm going undercover, and then does three different impressions to the same person. Sylvester
0: Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like the the hit of late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it's like, what
1: are the three voices that every yeah. <laughs> impressionist does?
0: But the, Yeah, and then this is where they start interrogating him, and they cut back, and he's sitting on them and farting. And like that's his interrogating. Yeah,
1: they torture that guy. <laughs> but first, they meet the man, the little tiny creature in the bag who like throws a, a little butterfly at them, who starts chattering, and then suddenly the toy maker shows up, who is in the ninja district, and so he's dressed like a samurai. It's uh, it's so,
0: and the toy maker knows all about the kid being kidnapped that we just saw. He knows all this stuff. Molly's been kidnapped and, yeah, by he's the red eyes. Just like kind of going along with it, going along with it.
1: Uh, and then finally, they confront him and say, we know what you did. And he kind of looks at them really shocked and then throws out another one of these butterfly bombs, flies underneath the building. Katie and Teddy awkwardly back away, I think, just because they couldn't move. Or what the something. fuck that was that was scene? That was such a strange scene. Because it was just like, move here, move here, move backwards, move backwards. I was like, are they just covering up that Teddy can't? move or turn the, or 90 run. degrees or yeah. do anything. That's yeah, that's
0: exactly what it was. It's a long scene of them escaping a building but doing it in the slow, weird, a awkward slowest way. slowest
1: way possible. So the building blows up. Everyone survives, except the man in the bag. I think he might have
0: died. <laughs> um. Katie and Teddy crash the bad guy place with Bud Court, and she distracts them because they, they think she's there alone. These guys have been watching them. Yeah. But they think she's there alone. She and calls them just out. It's
1: like, oh, we forgot your dinosaur. Nobody notices the
0: seven-foot... 700-pound dinosaur <laughs> swinging on a chain. must have taken him hours
1: to get up there. <laughs>
0: like, he can't move. Who swings right How into all of them? How is this guy going to climb stairs?
1: Yeah, a- and so them he all swings over. in and knocks them all over. At which point we go to a cut where they are now in some kind of flying contraption, uh, which is one of those like... Old timey cycling thing. It's and like
0: Tim Tim Robbins at the end of Howard the Duck or yeah, Jeff or Daniels in uh, that goose. Young movie. Sherlock Holmes. You know, <laughs> it's
1: like riding a bike and making it fly and Teddy's hanging off his thing, but it's also no one has no one has flown in the entire like yeah. there's no setup of like, oh man. When you get Spinner, uh, his flying machine, that's going to be like, suddenly he just
0: has a flying machine. And it's also obviously eight feet above the ground at its highest moment. (laughs) But Court gets popped. Martin Landell's daughter has got a gun. She's killing everybody. Yep. It's funny because he goes shoot him to about Bud Court. She shoots him dead, and then he tells the other henchman, "Take care of them to lead him away." Yeah, yeah, lead them away. <laughs> Kill that guy right away. But you know, yeah, lead, take that away. guy who was on our side. So Teddy's there, and he accuse. I mean, like Jay accused. He, he point blank tells Ellis Arcane, "You're a murderer. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna arrest you and bring you in." And we have a Beverly Hills Cop kind of moment with Whoopi Goldberg out on the lawn killing. Hella bad guys, yep. Axel Foley style, yep. while Teddy's inside doing the... Uh,
1: Wrestling with his conscience. Yes. And is kind of trying to make a utterly nonsensical argument about why Teddy should be on his side that I, I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about.
0: And then we get my favorite moment because the tail whip that we've been watching all movie Finally long... Finally
1: pays off.
0: Humorously. I mean, it's fucking hilarious. It's really funny. He, this guy doink-doinks and whips and whoopsies. He's trying every... to get
1: Molly out. He can't get her out. And then suddenly he whips the tail onto the push pad button, and the push pad says, ouch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the door opens. <laughs> but also he does the tail whip of vengeance on Martin Landau's daughter and knocks her into yes. the cryogenic freezer. Yeah. Ugh. It it pays off so well. It
1: really does. It was a long road to get there, but it was worth it. Um, So they are going to take down LSR, but he gets the drop on them, uh, him and his long-haired henchmen. They shoot both of them. Molly, who we find out has Bioware? Katie. Katie, right. Molly is the dinosaur. Yes. (laughs) Katie has Bioware. So Whoopi Goldberg is like a robocop in this, right? We find out all of these cops, the human cops, have... Bioware—they have like guns and computers yeah. inside of them. This
0: scene should have been literally like, "That's a wrap on Whoopi Goldberg." It's folks. Like, yeah, like we she,
1: only got two weeks with Whoopi. Like she just says, "I'm gonna hang out against like, this I'm, wall." Yeah, right. Get my stand-in to do literally <laughs> everything else in this movie. And
0: then she tells Teddy Rex, "No, you can do this." Yeah, but with your brain.
1: Yeah, because he Teddy, another one of these completely unexplained character traits, is non-violent and does not believe in violence, which you would think. This maybe not be the profession for you. Yeah, <laughs> if you're that opposed to it that you don't even want to carry a gun, but uh, yeah. So he's opposed to violence. She, they both. She gets shot. Yeah. He so f- her bioware freezes up, and the they explain the fact that Whoopi's not going to shoot any more scenes by the fact that her <laughs> bioware's frozen, and she is now frozen. And I'm sure she was thinking, "Fuck, I could have shot the whole movie like this. Yes. Why couldn't my bioware?" <laughs> <laughs> that could have been the whole thing, is I'm just Bioware Frozen. I don't even have to move.
0: It's like that movie with Denzel Washington where he's paralyzed up in one room and the other uh, Angelina Jolie's doing everything. <laughs> it was like, you can film me in this one room, all movies. <laughs> but then Teddy, who has – she says uses his brain, but T-Rexes have a brain the size of a walnut. Yeah.
1: So Teddy also – they shoot Teddy. After shooting her, and her computer goes well, they shoot him, and he says, I'm faking. Are you? And she says, no, my Bioware throws and I'm offline, essentially. Right. But go on. Uh, brains over bullets. Okay. Yeah. But remember <laughs> that Teddy says that he's faking. Yeah. So remember that. So... He kind of runs on, immediately like whips somebody with his tail, and is going to take his gun, but says, nope, nope, brains over bullets, brains over bullets. So he's chasing after Armin Mueller-Stahl and his long-haired henchmen, who are trying to drive away down this mountain. Which is so
0: great, because mountain. there's a scene where the long-haired henchman drives into a billboard. A, yes. A car hits a wooden billboard, yeah.
1: and then explodes. It explodes <laughs> even before it hits the billboard,
0: which is <laughs> it's so
1: great. Like, it, it to the second metal touches paper. It explodes, it just, like, yeah. And an Inferno! <laughs> I mean, it is a Michael Bay explosion. It is not a little like explosion. It is a like that's where the thirty three and a half million bucks went. Yeah, but Teddy, because
0: you've lived on Earth, you know the laws of physics, and when a yeah, car you know hits wood, were. it blows up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely. <laughs> what what uh, Teddy kind of had fashioned some sort of a grappling hook threw it at the car as it was driving away, yanks out Armin Mueller's stall, stahl right. gets the remote from him, and the car smashes into a very <laughs> flimsy-looking billboard and ignites in just a inferno of fire. And,
0: so um, then we have our Star Wars ending. We don't see Armin Mueller's stahl anymore. We have our Star Wars ending where Teddy is being awarded detective at the ceremony.
1: Which, same ending as? Right. Right. Yes. Exact same Holy fucking shit. ending. And at the ceremony... Teddy is wearing a sling over his arm, <laughs> the arm that he did not get so shot he's, in.
0: Oh, he's trying to get a Purple Heart. He's selling out. Or sometime between
1: that shootout and the ceremony, there was an unrelated accident where he broke his arm.
0: Like, <laughs> he's wearing a sling. He didn't get hurt, though. No. So the movie ends with um, them co-opting the Casa Blanca. I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah,
1: because he does funny impressions. And they're going to be partners, even though she doesn't want to be, which is a great metaphor for this movie (laughs) of Whoopi being forced into a partnership that she doesn't want to be And then
0: we don't get the narrator back, but we do get the title crawl again. It says... See
1: ya. See ya. Because that was her line from earlier where she said, see ya. And Uh, thank
0: God this fucking movie was over. The movie is over. So this movie existed at a time where movies like Dick Tracy or Batman were trying to do things before CGI, but really fantastical comic book looks. Right. The writer-director did My Science Project, which was a big scope type of science fiction thing, which was fun but boring. I can see what he thought he was going to do. And the story is so dense that there could have been a good story in there. But the second they saw what the dinosaurs were going to look like, they mm. should have been like, fuck this. Nope. Nope. Can't do it. Yeah. yeah, This is not going to convey well. And it doesn't. And it's slipshod and it's terrible. And uh, there's nothing redeeming about this Uh movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have to concur with you, Quirky, my esteemed colleague. Uh, Yeah. And in addition to that, beyond all of those issues, which the movie is just utterly ill-conceived on on every level, uh, visual, sound, uh, lighting, everything, Whoopi looks utterly miserable and just utterly uh, lost. You know what I mean? And it's really kind of sad, honestly, because you think – I mean, she got paid for it, right? Yeah. Um, but you think, this is just coming, 1992 was when Sister Act, I mean, that was like the pinnacle of her career. The movie was a huge freaking hit. She's a movie star. She won an Oscar yeah. like a few years ago, right?
0: Color Purple, Ghost, Sister Act. Just
1: knocking them out of the park. She's a legit movie star. And this movie, like, kind of, this is the beginning of the end. Right. And you got to Theodore think. Rex,
0: Eddie, uh, some other movies. Yeah, you got to think like- Sister Act 2. Is this
1: where she just- Lost all of her passion for 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 films for you know entertainment on you know, this kind of entertainment. I think it was you that
0: Ted I mean? Danson movie that she made. <laughs> it was that one, yeah.
1: <laughs> made in America. Yes, I was yeah. thinking
0: of that. Made in America. Yeah. Um, hey, so anyway. she's made
1: yeah, she's made other stinkers, but yeah, it it is it is kind of sad because this really was like prime of her her career. We should do Fatal Beauty. Waste. Oh yeah. I mean, she's got some. She's, she's got, got some shitty movies. too <laughs> telephone. <laughs> Watch fucking telephone, bro.
0: I remember hearing about that. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. I think it's pretty obvious what we're gonna rate this movie, but I gotta say it is a double dare. It's not it's so ridiculously bad. Yeah. You can goof on a movie all you want, which makes it kind of fun, but uh just stay the fuck away from this. There's nothing redeemable enough.
1: Oh no. I mean I, I will say that if you are a bad movie aficionado, you know what I mean? You've like- already seen this. And if I'm just saying, if you're a bad movie aficionado, you need to see this. Yeah, you know, this is this is like a holy grail kind of thing. Um, and this one, it's only available to watch on YouTube. It's not available on any streaming. (laughs) Fucking tells you something. Not available on Netflix, DVD, or anything like that. So, if you are a fan of bad movies, this is next level stuff. It is double dare. Everyone is completely miserable. So yes, absolutely, it's a double Dare. dare, my friend. Absolutely, I think almost for the. For the sake of our show, a double dare is almost a bigger endorsement than a dare, don't you think?
0: Kinda sometimes, yeah.
1: Because a dare is just sort of well, this is just normal bad, right? You can watch this whenever. But if you're somebody who really is like, I want I want the shit. I want the I want the steaming piles, like here's a steaming pile
0: for <laughs> it. That's all we have for you on this episode of The Dare, The Daniel, but we'll be back with another full review. In the
1: meantime, send your most sadistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com, and be sure to follow Dare Daniel on Facebook, and follow Dare Daniel Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We don't judge. You can read more of my movie reviews in the Sacramento News and Review and at newsreview.com. You can read my craft beer column in the Sacramento Bee and at sacbee.com. Corky... Some guy McDonald. <laughs> Let me pose a scenario to you. Do it. I'm I'm a T Rex. Mm-hmm. I don't eat meat, but I feel I'm I'm in one of those moods. It's a cheat day kind of thing. So I go to the butcher's shop. I'm looking around the shop. I'm seeing flank steaks. I'm seeing ribeyes. I'm seeing filet mignons. But you know what? None of them, none of them are capturing me. And then I I go to that butcher. <laughs> I grab him by the lapels and I say, "Buddy, you go in the back and you get me some of those corky McDonald tenderloins." And brother, <laughs> those loins had better be tender. <laughs> now what? How would you respond to that? Complete line of nonsense.
0: Well, first off, this butcher that you've got by your tiny arms just, yanked I'm right in. I'm grabbing
1: him with my front arms. That <laughs> yeah. you can't
0: actually make eye contact with because he's under your face. He's and like, Are you talking to. Are you. What? So you're looking Who at me? the ceiling. <laughs> Knocking over little old ladies behind you, we trying can't get to get the sight lines. With yeah, your tail, and he's going to tell you, Corky McDonald, I got a grade A slice of beef for that guy. Yeah. at the Sacramento Comedy Spot, Fridays and Saturdays. Is it meaty? It's meaty and raw. <laughs> I
1: want the meat. You
0: got to stop that shit, man.
1: I want it.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm performing at the Sacramento Comedy <laughs> Spot, Saturdays and Fridays, man. Mm. Sounds warm. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Go to your next thing. Yum. <laughs> mm. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. <laughs> Our producer is Johnny Go with the Flow Flores. And I'm Quirky McDonald, and I'm saying I gotta go piss. <laughs>